here we go. Welcome to the Nine Rap Fantasy Football Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back in to the Nine Route Fantasy Football Podcast. Pat and Scott, we are in week number six here in the NFL, which means bye weeks. Dun, dun, dun. Um, you know, it always seems like you, you lose who you, you most love, maybe at the worst possible time. And, and you know, that's always a killer. Uh, we'll help you navigate definitely now the start sick concept, as well as, you know, we touched on earlier in the in the week with the waiver wire uh now that's really going to come to roost uh mostly mostly i think everybody's roster is kind of where they think it needs to be or at least i should say they they know where it is you know maybe if you're a playoff contender or not if you want to blow it up you want to just fine tune it and add that maybe championship piece to your roster but that being said again we are looking at some times where your best players aren't going to be taking the field, which means then you have to have a bench. You have to have a strategy. Uh, you're going to have to play some matchups. And and you might have to listen to us when it comes to talking about who to start that week uh, or who to pick up, you know, off the waiver wire as a as a fill in a replacement at your main skill positions. Obviously, kickers and defenses for those of you that ride that, um, you know, that's a little bit different. Some of you might be streaming week to week. But again. Uh, you know, we'll touch base at least on the defensive side when we talk about our our start sits. Uh, Pat, I, I'm I'm a little nervous. I already see. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a Damian Pierce guy, and and I know I already have to sit him this week. So <laughs> I, I know some of my leagues are, are definitely that were that were circling the drain may just go down uh, completely after this. But after this week, he's back. Yeah, uh, that I mean, all of these teams that are on by you know, have fantasy relevant players. Obviously, I mean, pretty much every team has some fantasy relevant players, but there's a, there's a couple on Detroit, quite a few, uh, you know, for Las Vegas Raiders, Tennessee, yeah, mainly just Eric Henry. Um, but Houston has been kind of a surprise as far as uh, some fantasy relevant players. We all knew Brandon Cooks coming into the season was, you know, probably going to be a guy who did fairly well. You were really big on Damian Pierce obviously and uh so far that uh that's that seems to be coming to fruition for you he's been he's been outstanding when he's finally you know gotten the uh the starting role there in in Houston so we'll be without him for a week but we'll definitely give you some options and and give our listeners some options of some guys that we can use to fill in for Pierce this week and uh you know we'll we'll do our best to to help everybody get the uh, the best possible lineup in there in the absence of some of these you know outstanding players that, that are going to be missing correct uh you want to you want to hit them with the the socials <clears throat> yeah so we are at uh on twitter we are at the nine route one and at scott from delco our website is www.thenineroutffb.com and if you'd like to email the show uh you can do that from our website strangely enough um but you can also just email us at the nine route FFB at gmail.com as well. If you have any, like I said, questions for the show, uh, anything you'd like us to talk about, discuss uh, any ideas, you know, anything you think would make the show better, make it more of a, you know, good listen for, for you as an individual. Uh, we, we definitely take all that stuff into consideration. So uh, if you have any suggestions, please, please shoot them to us. We, we do appreciate it. All right. So I guess before we jump into our, 
week six starts and sits. Uh, let's review a little bit. So I went back and I went through weeks one through four. I uh, figured out all of these. I already had the start sit, you know, the correct, like how many we had correct and how many we had incorrect and all that stuff. Uh, but I also went back and looked at each individual start and sit head to head to see who, you know, who's like in some instances, like especially this week, we both had uh, both of our starts for quarterbacks were absolutely horrendous. Yours was a little bit more horrendous than mine. So I got the the heads up win in that one, even though technically both of us got that one wrong. Uh, Jared Goff scored 4.86 and uh, your pick Cooper Rush scored 3.98. So, uh, you know, by a few passing yards there, I, I got you on that one. So uh, just understand that the the heads up numbers are, you know, basically just against each other. Somebody's basically going to get a point for for almost every single one of those. Uh, we did have a tie in week two, I believe the defenses, um, you know, because they don't do fractional points. I think we tied on a defense. So right now, heads up, you are ahead 25 to 24. And like I said, we do have that one tie. As far as our start sits for the year, we're both struggling on the starts, but that's something that we figured out last year because of the way we set our start sits, the 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 number that we set as far as you know what constitutes a hit for a start. Our starts are always going to be a lot lower than our sits because the number is so high. We probably need to adjust that number a little bit, bring that down to to kind of even out that um, that start sit uh, ratio. But so far this year, you have hit the the starts 36% of the time. I have hit the starts 25% of the time. We've both hit the sits uh, a little over 54% of the time. And our total overall right and wrong, you right now are at 44%. I am at 38%. Again, a lot of that has to do with the fact that the the numbers that we that we use as guidelines for our starts and sits are pretty high. We do try to you know make sure that we're giving you guys that um, either finish uh, in the top 12 at quarterback and tight end and also in defense or in the top 36. So they're basically a uh, flex worthy player for you um, in the, the wide receiver tight end position. But if you think about it, I mean, if you start two running backs, two wide receivers and a flex, really you're looking at like top 60 for a flex to be considered, uh, you know, a, a viable option, I guess. So we do, we do make it a little bit more difficult on ourselves which is why our uh, our start numbers are a little bit lower than than you might imagine. We probably get a little bit more right if you look at again if you go as far as like a top sixty or or even a top forty eight uh, in the flex position. So, but uh, th- those are the numbers so far. But uh, heads up, it's close. Like I said, we got that one tie that's that's keeping us apart. Um, but you are ahead by one. So going into week six, it's basically anybody's game. Yeah, I. So far, I mean, it's early, so you never know. You you still have a shot to to come back, but I mean, you know, at the same time, I might look to put my name on that trophy. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, there's a trophy. I didn't know that. If there I knew that, I would have tried harder. Yeah, yeah. There's always a trophy. It's it's football. Start sits. Are you deferring again to to me in the start sits, or do you want to do you want to go first? Since uh, I think uh, I you will, did win I... the heads up this week. Uh, I, you know, I will go with, uh, I will go this time. All right. I will. No, I, will, I won I will. the heads up. I won the heads up this week, but you had more right than I did, which is strange, but that's the way it worked out. So I'm better, but not. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> been there, done that folks. 
Um, so I, I guess, yes, I will, uh, I will take the ball in the first half. If you All right. mind. Okay. All right. Um, speaking of taking the ball and we're talking about the first matchup of week six, I'm going to go with Justin Fields versus the Washington commanders who really stink at defending against the quarterback position in fantasy football, giving up about close to 20 points a game to the position, which Justin Fields will be that guy, a uh, little bit of a dual threat quarterback who had a very slow start to the season. Yes, we are aware it was not uh, the expected level of, of that killer offense that yeah, I don't think anybody expected. They knew the offensive line stunk. But to see Justin Fields slightly improving uh, over the last two weeks. Uh, again, both games were losses, but was a little bit more respectable against the Giants. Threw for 208 yards and a touchdown. The last two weeks, he has been without a pick. Uh, which is a huge thing, obviously, for the quarterback position. And over the last three weeks, uh, his lowest running total has been 47 yards. So, uh, again, through the dual threat concepts of you know running and, and passing that you need from a quarterback against a defense like this, uh, right now it's 11 touchdowns to one interception the Washington Commanders are giving up to the quarterback position. So, again, I, I feel like this is a game, especially on a short week Thursday nighter, but – if the offense is going to start to maybe go through him a little bit stronger, I, I do like Justin Fields to probably be, you know, maybe a top 15 quarterback this week, finally. And again, this defense will help him do that. At quarterback this week, I am going to take the low-hanging fruit here, and I'm going to start Geno Smith versus Arizona. I know that Geno Smith is uh, kind of quietly surprised everybody uh, so far this year, but uh, this game against Arizona specifically. Arizona is the eighth worst team versus the quarterback position. They're giving up roughly 19 and a half points per game in fantasy. And Geno Smith has been surprisingly good this year, uh, averaging a little over 19 and a half fantasy points per game himself. So uh, he currently sets as the QB five on the season. And that's in your standard four point per passing touchdown leagues. Again, if you're one of those teams like I am in a lot of leagues, Geno Smith is a guy, if he's still available uh, on your waiver wire, is a guy you can immediately pick up and start and I think is a, a great start this week against an Arizona defense who, uh, you know, like I said, is bottom you know, quarter of the league versus the, the quarterback position. Moving on to running backs. Uh, obviously, we spoke of briefly earlier uh, this week. We know James Conner had a, a rib injury. But I do think he will overcome it, and I think he will be, uh, at least for me, he's going to be my running back start of the week against the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks, uh, again, we talk about teams that are really bad uh, you know, on, on the opposite side of these picks to make sure that it works. And Seattle Seahawks are, are pretty bad. They are the fifth worst, giving up about 23.8, about 24 points a game, give or take. When you look at their stats throughout the season, they've given up the most rushing yards and the most rushing yards a game, 170 yards on the ground. Uh, they've given up almost 1,000 yards through five games on the ground. 30 points a game, uh, you know, almost 31 points a game against an Arizona Cardinal team with with a James Conner, who, again, I, I just think he's a very consistent running back again now the injury sometimes can be a little bit consistent too for him uh, and we know that last year he had a lot of touchdowns that helped him out but I think this week he's going to shine through and get a lot of that action and I think probably shake the ribbon drill if not I will revisit uh, we always put a little asterisk next to uh, our guys just in case they're on the on the on the fringe of possibly being a little banged up or or possibly out for the week but I like James Conner uh, in that matchup against Seattle 
And I'm going to go with a guy that we mentioned in our waiver wire pickups earlier this week. I'm going to go with Ramondre Stevenson versus Cleveland. Stevenson was already starting to take over a larger percentage of the snaps in New England. But now that there's a chance that Damian Harris may miss the game with that hamstring injury, uh, I just feel like, you know, even if he is active, it's going to be more of the Ramondre show than than Damian Harris. And if he's inactive, Ramondre Stevenson gets, you know, pretty much the, uh, you know, the lion's share of the work in that offense. So I'll pair that with the Cleveland defense that has ranked 30th against the running back position, giving up almost 30 fantasy points per game. And that's just a recipe for a huge week for Ramondre Stevenson. So again, if Harris is out, especially love Stevenson, but even if he's not, I think if Harris was completely healthy, both running backs, and this could be one of those games where, you know, the four running backs, the two on each side could just, uh, you know, just trade blows back and forth and, and uh, ended up being a, a fairly high scoring game with not a lot of passing involved in it, which is uh, very rare to see in the NFL. But uh, Ramondre Stevenson definitely has the, the ability to uh, put up a ton of points this week against Cleveland. My wide receiver start this week. Now I am, <laughs> I'm going to be playing uh, just a hunch. Uh, I, I think quietly, he, you know, a lot of people expected a lot out of DJ Moore this season. It wasn't going to happen with Baker Mayfield. It wasn't going to happen with Sam Darnold. And I think a lot of things shook up there. For those of you that follow a lot of the media uh, stuff there, there was a little bit of an interview where, you know, they kind of caught him off guard with a, with a question about, you know, what's holding you back. And he handled it gracefully. Didn't really throw anybody under the bus there, but uh, I think right now with PJ Walker filling in right now, not a name that's going to light the world on fire, but he's going up against the Los Angeles Rams this week who aren't really doing that well to slow down wide receivers. You know, Jalen Ramsey's been taken to task a few times by some of the bigger names. They are right now about the fifth worst defense against wide receiver position in fantasy football. That's obviously not good. That's not going to, uh, it's not going to get you where you need to be, but it's going to get DJ Moore where he needs to be. And I think with PJ Walker only having two NFL starts in those games, DJ Moore 11 catches on 18 targets for 151 yards. So I think PJ Walker knows who the best wide receiver on the field is. Uh, and I think you're going to see maybe a little bit of an uptick starting this week. DJ Moore, I love him against the, the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, apparently a reporter questioned Baker Mayfield about his his starting job, which he didn't take too too kindly to. But the way he's been playing this year, you know, I think he stinks, Moore man. I, see, I just he stinks. He's horrible. <laughs> just can't stick to commercials. Would mind. No, no, not at all. Yeah, I, I've actually said that before. I'm like, if this guy concentrated, you know, spent as much time being good at football as he did, you know, making commercials, he he might actually be worth the money they're paying him. But uh, yeah, I, I don't hate it. I have DJ Moore in our league of record, so. Uh, actually I'm kind of rooting for this one, but, uh, I'm going to go with Juju Smith-Schuster against Buffalo. I know that Smith-Schuster has been a little bit disappointing so far this year. And Buffalo has actually been very good versus opposing wide receivers ranking as the sixth best versus that position, but they haven't faced an offense like the chiefs yet this year. Kansas city is the sixth highest scoring team in the league and has only turned the ball over four times so far in five games. I expect this game to be a shootout, kind of like their AFC divisional matchup was last year. And it looks like Vegas sees it the same way. This game has the highest over under of all the games in week six at 53 and a half points. 
And honestly, I'd be willing to bet that that line goes up as the week goes on because I can see people just betting the over on that 53.5, even as big as that line is. I think last year in that game that went into uh, overtime, it was somewhere in the 70s, I think was uh, finished, what, 30, was it 38, 35, something like that? Or No, they won by a touchdown, so it was – 40 i don't remember the the score of the game but it was it was like in the 70s or 80s so i can see that that line going up even higher i think in order for the chiefs to to hang with the bills they're going to need to be firing on all cylinders and that means that juju's going to have to make some plays in this game and i think that you know in these tough matchups and these matchups that you know made to be what decides home field advantage in the playoffs these games are huge, and I think that uh, you know everybody needs to step up. and And I believe that Juju is going to be able to do that this week. This is kind of gut versus gut in our wide receiver starts this week because neither of the numbers really say that these are great starts or the situations. But I just I have a gut feeling that that Juju is going to to show up in in a in a big way in week six. So tight end position, we did speak about a little bit of a an injury issue with Pat Fryermuth left the game with a concussion. Enter one Zach Gentry uh, for Pittsburgh. So regardless of who it is, obviously I'd lean a little stronger for Pat Fryermuth, who has you know obviously the upside there and, and is the number one tight end in Pittsburgh. But if he doesn't make it, I would say that Zach Gentry would be also a, an option against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. For the last couple of seasons, it, it's been this way, and it's no slight on that defense. The, Mike Caldwell has a very aggressive linebacking core background from from his days here as a Philadelphia Eagle as a player and then from his coaching concepts so they attack the quarterback they get in the backfield after the running back they cause havoc and disrupt so it does allow for that tight end position again over the last few seasons to be something that is a a diamond in the rough uh you know in in a matchup concept there so right now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have given up the third most receptions to the position with 31 only to be outdone by Arizona and Atlanta only a couple touchdowns, but again, that's more of field position and, and things of such. Kenny Pickett, uh, obviously having a nice, hey, you get to start your first NFL game against the Buffalo Bills in their defense, and next week you're going to go up against Tampa Bay. Uh, that tight end position I did mention earlier in the week that uh, so far Pickett has established 11 receptions to the position for 93 yards, so he is willing to look there, kind of like safety valve, check down stuff. So if they're going to give it to him, he's going to take what he can get. Uh, while he is probably running for his life. So, you know, him and his him and his little hands better get on the move uh, and take care of business. I can see definitely uh, the Pat Fryer move more than likely, but if not, Zach Entry is my tight end start of the week against Tampa Bay. Uh, I'm going to stick with Daniel Bellinger this week uh, against the Baltimore Ravens. I know that the Ravens uh, generally are not terrible against the tight end position. They're They're pretty bad against wide receiver position. But the Giants just don't have any wide receivers. Uh, it's this has basically been the Saquon Barkley show, like you said uh, in our last episode. Kind of, it's, it's been the Giants' offense, and I think Bellinger is becoming a bigger part of this offense each week. You saw he had a rushing touchdown this week in London against the Packers, and basically the 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 Giants' formula for winning games has been playing good defense and just giving Saquon Barkley the ball as many times as he can handle. I don't think that they can continue to do that because as good as Barkley is, you know, again, you saw him go out with the shoulder. He's, he's a guy who has fought through some injuries in the past. I don't think that they're going to want to continue to give him the ball 25 plus times every single game. It's just too much on, on a running back. So they got to start getting other guys involved. And with the lack of wide receiver production, I feel like Bellinger is just, 
in the right spot to to sort of pick up a lot of that slack in the Giants passing game and uh you know against a Baltimore secondary who again hasn't been terrible against tight ends but has struggled against the wide receiver position um i i think you could you could see some some holes in that defense and and you could see daniel jones looking to bellinger uh quite a few times in that game and and baltimore's defense gives up quite a few points as well so i think they were eighth or ninth in the league in points given up so definitely a an opportunity for bellinger to get into the end zone again this week against baltimore all right, and we're going to finish out on my starts uh, for the defense. Uh, I like, uh, kind of like a little bit, uh, I like the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, this is going to be a, a division game against the Indianapolis Colts. Right now, uh, just to take a look at the matchup, Indianapolis is only scoring about 14 points a game, actually just a shade under at 13.8. Uh, meanwhile, Jacksonville on the opposite side is only giving up about 16 points per game. Also, the Colts, uh, which we, again, we watched that happen, that game uh, the other night against Denver, who had a very good defense. Jacksonville has a pretty solid squad. Indianapolis is minus six in the turnover battle, so they're willing to give the football up, possibly, uh, unfortunately, at at a rate that may benefit this team. Now, uh, so far on the season, 10 sacks and seven interceptions as a team for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think that's going to continue. I think that Again, maybe not a blowout, but I think they're really going to hold them strong and get to that team. Uh, you know, I, again, you see a lot of things happening defensively for the Jaguars, who are uh, a lot better than they have been. They're, they are definitely an improved team. Now, they did suffer back-to-back losses. They did struggle against the Houston Texans. That was a division game, and I think that maybe they were looking past them. Uh, you know, it was almost like a concept of a trap game, whatever you want to call it, uh, albeit a division <laughs> trap game they might have been looking at the Colts as a little bit more of the the team to beat Uh, I do like them to try to rebound and and right the ship and I think the Colts might be the team to do it again so Jacksonville's defense uh this week if yeah if you can pick them up on a waiver wire get them uh, as a spot star but I do like them this week and I'm going to go with the the Rams uh, against Carolina Panthers Carolina was already mid-pack against opposing defenses giving up around 6.4 points per game to the defense but, you know, with all the turmoil that's going on, you know, them firing their head coach with Baker Mayfield potentially being out this week, the Panthers were already struggling. And now they have to go through this tough transition in the middle of a week. And then they have to get ready for one of the best defenses in the NFL. I know that the Rams have not looked like that same championship defense that they were last year, but it doesn't take long for good coaching and good players to sort of turn things around and the Rams really need a get right game. And I think unfortunately for Carolina in the situation they're, they're in, this is kind of just what the doctor ordered for, for the Rams. And I really think that they're going to mop the floor with, with the Carolina Panthers this week, unfortunately. All right. Uh, so those were our starts for this week. And now we're going to move into the sits. My sit of the week, and again, it may go against the the basics, but uh, I'm going to sit Daniel Jones against the Baltimore Ravens. You know, you might say, really, seriously, like you know, or, but but hear me out. I know Baltimore started the season and still are one of the bottom end statistically against you know against quarterbacks against any team really on offense. Uh, they are still probably the third to fourth worst uh, fantasy football team uh, when it comes to quarterback, but. 
ironically too, it was a concept too. I think those first two games where they really were just giving up tons and tons and tons of yardage over the last couple of weeks, they have been a bit better. You know, they've, they've played really well in two games against Buffalo and Cincinnati, where you would expect them to really just kind of maybe get blown away the way their defense has been playing. They only gave up 23 points to the Buffalo Bills. And they only gave up 17 last night in a very knockdown drag out win, which was a, a super revenge game from last season against those Cincinnati Bengals. They will be on the road in New York, which is always a tough place to play. And the Giants are riding a little bit of momentum. They are looking like they're not going to be that bottom feeder in the NFC East anymore. Uh, but I do think Daniel Jones is going to struggle a little bit against a defense that's finally starting to get its footing. Uh, as far as the Baltimore Ravens. So I don't like him this week. I think Daniel Jones is not worthy of a start for those of you that that like to maybe catch him or, or even looking to fill in a replacement this week. Stay away from Daniel Jones. Yeah, I think their receiving core is just too depleted for him to have a lot of good games unless he you know has another one of those two rushing touchdown games or or whatever. He's, he's a tough start every week. So I definitely like <laughs> that no matter who, who they're playing. I am going to sit in kind of the same way you uh, you went with the two tight ends in your start. I'm going to go with the two quarterbacks here in my sit. I'm going to sit either quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys this week against Philadelphia Eagles. I think lost in all of the excitement of how good the Eagles offenses look this year is how good their defense has been playing. The Eagles are quietly the sixth in yards given up, eighth in points allowed, and they're tied for first in turnovers forced this year with 11 not to mention that they're only giving up 12.2 uh, points per game to the quarterback position in fantasy. Uh, this is just a, a combination for a, a really bad game for the Dallas Cowboys offense. Again, whether it's Cooper Rush, who you know obviously is not starting caliber quarterback in the NFL, or Dak Prescott, who is going to be coming back off of an injury, they're going to be going up against an Eagles secondary who's been one of the best in the league. Uh, they're also the Eagles have been third in time of possession, so they're not even giving the other team's offense a chance to to really possess the ball much in these games. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be one of those those games where it's going to be a, a low scoring defensive battle. I know the over under is uh, fairly high in this game uh, because I think a lot of that is because they think Dak is going to be back and they know how good, you know, both offenses can be with these quarterbacks under center. But I think this is going to be a defensive battle. And, uh, you know, honestly, I don't really like starting anybody in this game. I, I really don't love a lot of the Eagles starters in this game as well, just the way Dallas's defense has been playing. But I'm not going to sit Jalen Hurts because he's just uh, just one of the best players in fantasy football. So yes. uh, give me give me Dak or Cooper Rush to uh, to to ride the pine this week for your fantasy football team. Another guy you might want to think twice about. Uh, he's been pretty productive lately, but I don't think it's going to happen this week. Although, if this game does go over crazy points, uh, who knows? I could be I could be dead wrong. But I want to sit uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's going up against the Buffalo Bills this week, who uh, we did talk about having arguably the best defense in the league, pound for pound against the running back position. The Buffalo Bills, they don't give up a lot of points to the position. Uh, only about 14, 15 points a game so far. We know they're a good defense. And Edwards Hilaire has struggled at times, uh, you know, but he's had a pretty productive season this year. He stayed healthy. I think this game, I I, I kind of think the defenses might wake up a little bit in this game because of that shootout that they had last year. 
maybe play it a little close to the vest. I could be wrong. I, I know the league wants to see, you know, 150 points combined, uh, a, a nuts game like we saw last year, which is ripping off touchdowns, that kind of thing. But I think that that, that concept as a whole is going to be tough for him. Uh, again, Buffalo is third best. They're only giving up 77, just about 78 yards a game to opposing running backs. Uh, ironically, right now, the Chiefs are, you know, going into Monday night, still uh, sitting there with a 65.8 average. So I, I feel like defenses might play a little bit more of a factor. I don't like Clyde Edwards Hilaire as an RB1 or two, possibly flex worthy, but Andy might break out the playbook and just start moving carries around and suddenly uh, everything's everything changes and all bets are off. I'm going to sit uh, one of the guys again that we mentioned in our waiver wire pickups. I'm going to sit Tyler Algier this week versus San Francisco. Uh, Algier does seem to be the lead back in Atlanta for now, but against this stingy San Francisco defense that is third best versus the running back position, I don't really love him this week. Uh, Mixing the fact that veteran Damian Williams might be coming back off of IR this week and Algier could lose some snaps to him. I mean, you know, I don't think that they're going to, completely replace Algier as the starter. But if that becomes a 60-40 type thing, mixed in with the fact that you're going against, uh, you know, one of the best defenses, maybe the best defense in the league. I mean, I think 49ers and Buffalo are, are, you know, the only two that you could probably argue, maybe the Eagles as well. Um, But guys have been really, really good. And San Francisco has been unbelievable. And I think anytime you're going against the 49ers, you already don't want to start, you know, your players against that defense. But the fact that Algier may not even be guaranteed of, of more than 12 touches uh, is another reason to stay away. So I'm going to sit Tyler Algier this, this week against the 49ers. Moving on to our wide receiver sits. Uh, I am going to sit a young man named Drake London. Again, hasn't been lighting the world on fire his last two games. That being said, uh, I, I, Again, you're going up, and we just you just said it, uh, talking about your running back sit. Where uh, this San Francisco defense is is probably going to be something that carries them throughout the entire season, to say the least. They're third best in the league as far as giving up passing yards. They are a swarming defense to to anybody who's coming at them. Uh, right now, they've only given up uh, to receiving touchdowns and only about 17, 18 points per game to the entire position. Uh, factor that in with a struggling Atlanta Falcons offense. Drake London was seen limping off a little bit uh, yesterday in the fourth quarter late, but never went to, uh, you know, never got checked out. It was just more of feeling a little banged up. Only thing with him is time will tell if he's got a banged up knee, if he even plays. We'll see. Maybe they hold him out against San Francisco. But if he does play, uh, I don't see him factoring in or anybody on that offense, Pat. I agree with your running back sit on the Atlanta Falcons. So, Drake London, sorry, buddy. Take a seat. Well, you're going to love my tight end set when we get there then. (laughs) So for (laughs) I might do it too. Trust me. Don't worry. So for my wide receiver sit, I'm going to go with Rashad Bateman versus the Giants. Bateman missed week five with a foot injury, so usually that in itself is enough to make me a little leery to play somebody the next week. Now, add that into the fact that you're playing a surprisingly good Giants defense this year. They're they're actually, they've been third against the wide receiver position in fantasy. Uh, and the fact that Mark Andrews is, I mean, he's really the Ravens' number one pass catcher, no matter who their quote-unquote number one receiver is. Mark Andrews is the number one receiver on that team. Mixing the the injury with the fact that, you know, again, the Giants have been 
Giants have looked really good. I mean, they played they play the Packers really tough. Uh, they've been really good on the defensive side of the ball. Bateman hasn't been he, – he's had a couple games where he's gotten, you know, deep and, and caught a, uh, you know, a long pass or touchdown here and there. But, you know, against this Giants team, I, I'm, I don't know. I just uh, – this strikes me as one of those games where, like we saw, you know, last night with the Bengals. I, I feel like this is going to be a, a struggle for both teams to score. The Giants are, are very good on defense. And uh, they're not very good on offense. And so I think, uh, you know, this is going to be one of those low-scoring games. And, and I really, you know, other than, you know, obviously you're starting Lamar Jackson every week. You're starting Mark Andrews. But J.K. Dobbins, no thanks. Rashad Bateman, nope. Like, I just I really don't want any of the other options in Baltimore except for Andrews and Jackson. So uh, I'm going to sit Rashad Bateman this week. It is a it is a two man team there uh, on offense. Uh, we, we witnessed that last night. Yeah. Um, tight end sit of the week for me uh, again for some people like well yeah duh it's a no brainer just based on performance but uh, Hunter Henry of the New England Patriots this week they go up against the Cleveland Browns who are one of the toughest uh, against that tight end position now obviously. You know, as a whole, like he, he has not been performing as well as he did last season. And again, that was a lot to do with with touchdown catches. And again, that regression is going to bring somebody down to earth. Obviously, with Bailey Zappi, he targeted Hunter Henry five times, four catches for 54 yards. So he had a nice game. Again, obviously, in a blowout win against the Detroit Lions, a 29-0 shutout. This week, though, going on the road to Cleveland, and I think he's going to struggle a little bit to be productive. That team as a whole does not give up points in fantasy. Uh, they are in the top seven. Uh, actually, he's number six. Uh, yeah, Cleveland Browns are giving up under four points a game to the tight end position. They haven't given up a touchdown yet. They have only given up uh, 14 total receptions. Uh, so it just shows that they will not let quarterbacks uh, take it easy and just look to pick them apart down the field. Uh, I think Hunter Henry struggles, and I think you could do a lot better finding a replacement for him this week, uh, waiver wire or possibly a backup on your bench. But Hunter Henry not happening for me this week at, at tight end. Yeah, and as I alluded to a little bit earlier, I am going to sit Kyle Pitts. I know I already took uh, a Falcon in this sit segment, but this San Francisco defense has just been so good so far this year that I think it it warrants two sits this week. Pitts is also coming off a missed game, kind of like Bateman. So not super thrilled to play somebody coming off of injury, even if it's not considered a major thing. And let's be honest. I mean, even in the games that Kyle Pitts has played this year, he hasn't been great for fantasy anyway. So nope. a matchup against, <laughs> yeah. So a matchup against the fourth ranked, you know, defense versus the tight end position doesn't have me feeling any better about playing him this week. I could see Atlanta not scoring a touchdown this week at all, period. Um, it's it's just I think it's got the the feel of one of those ugly low scoring game where neither of these teams scores a ton of points and you know the Niners end up winning like thirteen to three or something like that. Uh, last but not least, my defensive sit of the week, and I am you know maybe call it the the homer call, but the Dallas Cowboys have won four games in a row and they've kind of done it on the back of their defense. It was a close win. Uh, Cooper Rush's first full week against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, they've only given up 17, 16, 10 to the commanders and 10 to the Rams who we know have been struggling uh, as a team that post Super Bowl hangover with some injuries, especially on the offensive line. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to be the best team they have faced 
so far. Uh, that loss against the Buccaneers beginning of the year, we know that that team is not quite what they've been. Uh, right now, the Philadelphia Eagles are just flying by, <laughs> literally flying by a lot of teams. They have the second best offense in the league right now behind the Buffalo Bills, who we know what they can do. Passing and running the ball, the Eagles combined for about 420 yards a game. They're getting about 27 points a game. And the Eagles, again, some people might question you know, who they've played and, and things of that nature, but uh, that was a kind of a statement win to go out to Arizona on the road and beat a Cardinals team in their stadium that the Eagles fans took over. Now you come home, you got the monster Sunday night football game against the Dallas Cowboys. This game is... For Philadelphia, it's as big as it gets. And for Dallas, I just can't see them holding this team back. I think that the torch has kind of finally been passed. I don't care if Dak's playing or not. Uh, I think Jalen Hurts and the boys are, are definitely going to take it to them. Uh, and again, I think the Cowboys struggle as a whole to contain this Eagles offense. Do not start them against the Eagles. They have no shot. Yeah, I'm going to be sitting a, a defense that has also been very good so far this year uh, i'm gonna sit the bills this week versus the kansas city chiefs uh, the bills defense has been outstanding once again this year they rank second in yards allowed they're tied for first in points allowed and turnovers forced uh with the eagles at 11 but the chiefs offense has also once again been really good this year ranking sixth in points scored and like I said earlier, have only turned the ball over four times uh, so far this year. I've already mentioned the over-under in this game being the highest of the week, which usually doesn't bode well for either defense involved, usually a bunch of scoring. Uh, you know, there's always the opportunity in every game. It doesn't matter who's playing for, you know, a, a defensive touchdown or a special teams touchdown or something like that. Those fluky plays you can never you can never bank on. But generally in these games where, you know, both teams are are by the Vegas sports book slated to have over 25 points a piece. Definitely one of those games that you want to stay away from uh, starting defenses in because it's probably going to be uh, points being scored left and right. And really, again, neither team really turns the ball over all that much. So not that anybody, you would start anybody against the Bills offense, but you know, definitely wouldn't start the Chiefs this week either as good as uh, they have been in fantasy. But uh, I'm going to, uh, you know, I took a I took a few sits that I thought were, you know, maybe easy sits in, in the Cooper Rush and uh, and the Tyler Algier sit. So I, uh, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and sit the uh, the Buffalo Bills and and you know take a take a defense that's been really good and and suggest putting them on the bench in Week Six against the Chiefs. All right, so that is our starts and sits for week six. We should probably, you know what, we should throw this up on Twitter and, and see, uh, get some comments here, see see what people think, who, who's who got the better starts this, this week. I think that would be interesting. Hey, yeah, you know, let the public decide. Oh, yeah. See how see how hard it is to uh, to pick the right side when, uh, you know, you put your, your stuff out there. I didn't, you know, there's a lot of... Uh, each week, there's a lot of smacking myself in the head, like, what was I thinking starting that guy or sitting that guy or whatever? But you know, you go into it with, with the proper process and looking at the right information, and you do the best you can to, you know, I know I do the best I can to make these start sits guys who not only are players that I believe you should be starting and sitting, but also guys that I think a lot of fantasy managers are going to be sort of on the fence about. And and I think that, you know, in these instances where you are on the fence, it's nice to, you know, hear somebody else's opinion, somebody else's perspective, especially if it's one that 
maybe you're, you're thinking in your head and you just want somebody to sort of corroborate your, your thoughts for you. So, um, you know, I, I do take a lot of pride in these. And like I said, I, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in the numbers as far as the start sits go, but I, I do realize coming into the season this year, based on, you know, how we did last year with our start sits, I do realize that what we use as a, uh, as a barometer for our start to be a, a hit is pretty tough. I mean, you, you basically have to take, you know, cause like I said, we're not taking guys who are, you know, we're not taking Patrick Mahomes and we're not taking Lamar Jackson as our start of the week. We're taking guys who are legitimate plug and play guys, guys who you may be starting in your flex or defense that you may be holding on to, or may have started last week. And you're wondering if you should, you know, pick a different defense up off of the waiver wire. So, you know, we're, we're trying to, you know, make sure that we give you information. We're not just giving you the easy, especially for the starts, because those are the guys who, like I said, you, you may really be having a tough decision uh, on your hands with. So we, we try to give you guys that are, that are really good starts and our numbers, as far as what we use to determine those start sits, um, are, are pretty lofty because we, we want to give you winning players. We don't want to just give you run of the mill. Oh, you said start this guy and he scored 10 points. Oh, that's great. Like he didn't kill you, but he didn't help you either. You know what I mean? Before we head out, I uh, just want to thank Mickey's Port Call Pub in Tuckerton, New Jersey. Mickey's at 327 East Main Street in Tuckerton. Great place to go watch a game. Uh, go watch all the games on Sunday. And don't forget the kids eat free Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday with the purchase of an adult entree. Get yourself out there to Mickey's, grab a cold beer and some great food when you get the opportunity to do so. And uh, like I said, head out on Sunday and catch catch some of the games. You may even you may even run run into me out there. I uh, I do frequent Mickey's every once in a while uh, on a Sunday when I'm feeling feeling a little saucy. So <laughs> you got uh, you got anything you want to throw out there before we head out for the for the night? Well, again, just want to thank everybody for listening. Obviously, we have a lot of fun doing this and, and you know, having our little contest of who's right and who's wrong and starts and sits and, you know, try to get some some of the public involved a little bit on that level. But it's uh, it's a lot of fun to to be able to do this on a week to week basis for both of us. And again, we couldn't do it without you folks. We really appreciate you listening here at the nine route. And again, you know, hit us up on social media. Uh, ask us some questions. Again, the, the nine route. Um, at www.the9routeffb.com. That has the link to all our socials as well. Uh, you can email us directly at the9routeffb at gmail.com uh, if you want to ask any direct questions. Again, or on Twitter, uh, at the9route, or myself, I am at Scott from Delco. Again, you can hit us up with some fantasy football questions, comments, uh, concerns, and we would be happy to oblige our expert opinion from the nine route uh for pat i am scott this will do it for week six we'll talk to you next week with the uh the ending of week six going into week seven hopefully you survive your bye weeks and we'll see you then peace